Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. I hope you are just planning on a fantastic weekend with blue skies where we are. It's gray and ugly and cold here. It was wonderful yesterday. In any event, welcome. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, it's a free-for-all today. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I have to begin this program. Uh, I'm taking my own show hostage for a very personal note. I received news a short time ago, and now I see it's in the local paper, that my friend Scott Slade uh, is... Stepping back from the microphone. For those of you nationwide, uh, you know, people have voices of city. Scott Slade is the voice of Atlanta, Georgia. He does uh, the morning news on WSB radio and has just decided to, he would like to sleep later than him. He's been doing it like 4.30 in the morning. It's ridiculous. He goes to bed when the sun's still up. It's just, I, I could never, you know, I fell into radio doing 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, by accident. I was miserable. I am not a morning person. I'm going to bed when Scott Slade is waking up. So I don't blame him for wanting to retire. Uh, but my goodness gracious, uh, when I do get up, he's still on the air, and I can tune in and know what's going on and get the news. And these days, you know, even me, uh, some level of of entertainment and, and giving you my opinion and uh, with Scott Slade in Atlanta, Georgia, you got the facts, you got the news, you got the day started with Scott Slade, and he's deciding that he's going to sleep in, and I don't blame him at all, but I'm sure going to miss his voice in the morning on the radio. Um, deeply going to miss it, but I don't think this will be the last we've heard of Scott Slade, thankfully. Uh, guy's just amazing. Now, I, I want to move on. Uh, I need to move on because otherwise this is going to be like an hour of me crying about Scott and don't want to do that. Uh, I mean, I do, but I don't. <laughs> there is a story. It caught my eye. Do you own an electric vehicle? Do you own an electric vehicle? Are, are you one of those people driving down the road past the gas station smugly thinking at least I'm not paying for gas or do you think at least I'm not destroying the planet so long as I don't think about the coal-fired plant power in my car if you are one of those people who who drives your electric vehicle and thinks you're saving money Clark Howard I need you to know according to Jalopnik right now driving 100 miles in an electric vehicle is more expensive than driving an internal combustion engine car. Because of energy prices in this country, gas prices have gone down some, but electric utility prices have gone up for the wintertime as, as it's gotten cold all over the country. With the February always tends to get cold. Turns out the Anderson Economic Group found that the fueling costs for an internal combustion engine right now are lower than comparable electric vehicles in terms of size. So you get a, a mid-size sedan that runs on gas and a mid-size sedan that runs on a battery. Your gas car is outperforming in terms of cost. Fascinating. Now, this is a problem, is it not, for electric vehicle uptake? And there is a 
movement afoot to try to drive up the costs of petroleum in this country. Joe Biden wanting to restrict supply in this country. And the theory from the left is that if they subsidize electric vehicles and they make gas-powered vehicles more expensive to use because they've raised gas prices, people will go to the electric vehicle. This is the government shaping the supply and demand curve to pick the winners and losers. The problem is right now gas prices have gone down. Now, they're coming up. My, my buddy Drew just texted me. Yes, Drew, I've just talked about you on my program. No, not that Drew, different Drew. And he was saying, why, why are gas? He lives up in North Carolina. He's like, have you heard anything? Why are gas prices all of a sudden so high again? Well, so I looked it up because I hadn't heard, and where I live, gas prices are actually down from where they were. My kids have remarked on it, how low gas prices have gotten, but there are some uh, there are some refineries on the East Coast due to cold weather. They had some frozen pipes and the like, water pipes and stuff that burst, and they have had to shut down and suspend refining operations. That's caused gas prices to go up in some parts of the country, including along the eastern seaboard. But overall, generally now, gas prices across the country are much lower than they had been. Still not as low as when Trump was president, but low enough, and electricity prices are so high that it's costing people more to be in an electric vehicle than an industrial internal combustion engine. Now, that gets to the next point. David Gaddy, uh, he's at the University of Georgia. He testified before Congress yesterday. And he has this piece in national interest and is probably the most important piece you haven't read. And I would encourage you in all seriousness, text DATA to 33777 and get my show notes. We have the link to this piece in it from David Gaddy and Michael Hewitt. And I want to read you just the beginning. Uh, I, I, will, I, I don't want to read all of this. I, I want to summarize it, but here's the headline. Energy sovereignty will be the Westphalian principle of the 21st century. At the end of the Cold War, it appeared democracy had won the final battle in civilization's perpetual struggle between individual liberty and authoritarianism. Some even raised the possibility democracy had prevailed and history had ended. However, revisionist powers, China and Russia, have revived and now threatened to bring history back with a vengeance. The latest evidence is the recently released joint statement of the Russian Federation and People's Republic of China international relations entering a new era and global sustainable uh, development. This is the vision these two authoritarian powers have for the 21st century world order. And with a few world word substitutions, it might fool many of the West into believing it was written by U.S.-European Union diplomatic alliance as the two powers twist Western philo- philosophical and ideological verbiage into what could be considered as democracy with communist characteristics. Now, I misspoke. I should tell you that this piece actually came out last year. He testified before Congress yesterday. David Gaddy did the author. But this piece, though a year old, is very prescient in what's happening here. Uh, This piece was written uh, as Russia was preparing to go into Ukraine. Here's what's going on. China is having natural gas shortages right now. It is leading a lot of people in China to consider riots again, much like they did with the COVID lockdowns. People in China are very unhappy. People are literally freezing to death in China right now because they do not have natural gas. In China, they have pressured a number of um, switches in power, including some power plants. They forced to shut down in favor of natural gas, fired 
power plants instead of burning coal, burning natural gas for China to lower its emissions. Now those natural gas plants are short of natural gas to be able to cause power. And so the power is going out at night. Natural gas is not flowing into homes to power heaters, water heaters, home heaters and furnaces. So people are freezing at night. Some people have literally frozen to death overnight in China because of these natural gas shortages. Russia is trying to build pipelines now into China. Those two countries had long had contentious relations, but President Xi and President Putin are getting together. The United States, meanwhile, is running essentially a Berlin airlift to Europe to try to f- make sure it has sufficient natural gas now that Russia has called off, it called off its natural gas supplies. But Concurrent to that, Europe, thankfully, has had a warmer than normal winter, while China has had a colder than normal winter. The result of this is that energy prices in Europe are not as bad as energy prices in China. Energy shortages in Europe are not really bad. In China, they are very bad. This country is blessed with with vast resources of oil and natural gas. After Saudi Arabia now, it is believed we have the largest oil reserves in the world, and some experts believe we have larger oil reserves than Saudi Arabia. Unfortunately, we have progressives in this country that do not want us to pull the oil out of the ground. We have progressives in the White House who do not want us to build natural gas pipelines to flow natural gas for export or for use domestically. We have a fear of fossil fuels in this country driven by left-wing anxiety over climate change. And this piece from last year and the testimony from yesterday all highlight something we should be thinking about. Energy is going to be the make or break for the next century. Countries that have access to reserves of energy are going to do better than those who don't, particularly as those energy reserves are used to shape alliances around the world. China is going to provide energy, and the Russians are going to provide energy to a number of countries. China will fund the purchases, Russia will do the deliveries, and together they will be able to persuade these countries, hey, instead of paying us, let us take over your lithium mine. Hey, instead of paying us, how about we rebuild your airport, but you allow us to station a few jets there? That's what they're already doing. There's a story out of Africa that uh, Zambia is indebted to China and the Biden administration is having to step in and try to get them to restructure their loans because China is trying to tell Zambia, if you default on the loans, we get military bases in your country and we get all of your rare earth mineral mines. The Zambians are a very wealthy nation when it comes to copper, lithium, cobalt, and others, but their people live on $2 a day. And the Chinese are saying, we will forgive your debts but you have to give us all your rare earth minerals. You see what's happening here is China is beginning to develop alliances around the world where the allies are indebted to China. They may not want it, but China gave them money and they're honoring their obligations. And so China gets to station troops, tanks, planes, ships. In Sri Lanka, China helped them build their airport. Sri Lanka defaulted, and now China gets a military installation in the Indian Ocean for the first time. Very near our military installations in the Indian Ocean. 
And meanwhile, in this country, because of a fear of global warming, we are increasingly dependent on solar and wind power. That is a regular power that will cause us to start having an energy crisis. On top of that, there's a story out from uh, Real Clear Energy. Christopher Bernard, the nuclear energy community was abuzz with news of a nuclear fission, fusion breakthrough at the end of last year. Yet while fusion innovations offer the promise of a bright future, there's a more pertinent issue facing the industry, an antiquated regulatory environment that's stifling clean nuclear energy development. The Vogel Energy Generating Plant in Georgia made headlines when its new Unit 3 began loading fuel in October of last year. But after a minor setback during pre-operational testing, Georgia Power was left with no choice but to file a license amendment for the plant through the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. A seemingly small problem, vibrations that require a pipe brace, is set to cost the company $1 million per day and is estimated that relicensing will take at least a month. Needless to say, there's absolutely no reason why adding a pipe brace should cost Georgia Power more than $30 million. Often, nuclear energy is criticized for being too expensive, or more specifically, having sky-high upfront costs. But many of these costs are completely unnecessary. Plant Vogel's Units 3 and 4 are the first nuclear reactors to be constructed in the United States in more than three decades, and it's no wonder over regulation and the absurd cost, both time-wise and financially, of the Nuclear Regulatory Committee, uh, Commission per permitting process are stopping clean, safe nuclear energy in its tracks. We are scared to use our resources. While the Chinese and Russians, the Iranians, are working in concert together, to expand the deployment of their resources, to build alliances and a new world order. We can get ahead of this because the strings that come attached to our power for the world are far less onerous than those of China, Russia, and Iran. But the left in this country refuses to allow us to unleash these resources, both domestically and internationally. If we do not soon realize we need to start be not just the arsenal of democracy, but the gas station of democracy. We're going to be left behind by some very anti-democratic authoritarian governments. And right now, Joe Biden, this is on you. And you need to do the right thing, which is to ignore the climate change hysterics. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five-minute questionnaire at Refunds with an S, refundspro.com. That's refunds with an S, pro.com.
Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. You know, sometimes I admonish you guys that uh, we all come into things with our our own preconceived ideas and suppositions, and I try to lay out facts for you, and sometimes I say things that you twist in your own way, and it says more about you than it says about me. And I, there's a great example. It came in over the transom. Let me Let me read this to you. Hello, Mr. Erickson. This is from L. Korkovsky. You assume he has a dog in the Ukrainian fight, given the tenor of this. Let me just read you a little of this. I listen to your show because you often provide an intelligent look at events. Unfortunately, the same time often enough, you say things in your monologues that make me doubt you really believe in what you are saying. Your monologue about Ukraine on January 26, 2022, he meant 23, is a good example. You are explaining why it is important for the USA to help Ukrainians, which was mostly correct, in my opinion. But among the right things you said, that Abrams tanks are, quote, too complicated for Ukrainians. Really, this is a bookcase racial statement. So do you really believe that the Ukrainians are not as smart as Americans? Or did you accidentally or not hinted that the tanks never will be sent to Ukraine under the pretext that they are too complicated for Ukrainians? Uh, Mr. Uh, Khodorkovsky, that's the assessment of the Ukrainian government. It's not my assessment. It's the assessment of the American government. The Ukrainians and the Americans both in published reports, including in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, have said they believe the Abrams tanks are too complicated for the Ukrainian soldiers without sufficient training, which could take up to a year to train them, which is why the Ukrainians want the German tanks, because they're more familiar with the German Leopold tank already. It will take less time to bring them up to speed. There's nothing racist about it. You might say it's ethnicist, but it's not a race issue. But regardless, it's neither of those things. It's the opinion of the Ukrainian government itself. But you heard something you wish to be offended by and so decided to interpret it in a way that offended you and assumed it was just me mouthing off as opposed to me basing my statement on an opinion that happens to come from the Ukrainian government itself. They didn't want the Abrams tanks. The only reason we're sending the Abrams tanks is because the Germans said they wouldn't send the German tanks unless we ourselves sent the Abrams tanks. And the Ukrainians themselves admit the Abrams tanks are so much more complicated than the German tanks. It's going to take a whole lot longer for them to be able to learn how to use them and maintain them because they're also more complicated in that regard. But we have to send them Abrams tanks so the Germans will send them the tanks they actually want. If it's racist, you're calling the Ukrainian government racist because that's their opinion. I just reflected it on radio. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. Phone lines are open if you want to call in 877-973-7425. Real quick, I, I was not going to talk about this, but during commercial break, I was perusing things. And, you know, so we're, we've got the the final games of the NFL season coming up. Um, the, this weekend's games will determine the Super Bowl. And so you got four quarterbacks still standing. You've got uh, Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City. You got Joe Burrow, go Tigers, of the Bengals. You got Jalen Hurts of the Eagles. And then there's Brock Purdy. And I'm kind of fascinated by this one. Uh, so he's with 49ers. 
Uh, Garoppolo had been their quarterback, and they pushed him to second string. I forget the name of their regular starting quarterback, but he got injured, so they brought Garoppolo back. Uh, Purdy was their number three quarterback. Then Garoppolo got injured, and he may actually come back to play uh, play this weekend, but uh, Brock Purdy's going to be the starting quarterback. And the thing about him is he was a middle-tier college prospect from a middle-tier college football program was picked dead last in the 2022 NFL draft. Dead last. The 49ers decided he might make a decent quarterback. Backup to the backup quarterback. But because the first two quarterbacks were filled with injuries and can't play, the 23-year-old younger than the University of Georgia's Stetson Bennett, which like half of the quarterbacks in the NFL are, He's won every game he's played, a 12-game winning streak. Now, this is not about football. Um, so I, I, I'm biased, and, and this one is, is this is a personal bias, and I, I say that going in. Um, I sometimes think we are so data-driven as a society. We have given up on our gut. So take my uh, radio company that that pays me a salary, and I I mean no disrespect to anyone at at my flagship station who's listening. They all say the same thing. Sometimes it's actually a very good thing that we are highly, in our company, obsessed with research. What does the research actually say? I do sometimes think, though, that there's room for you hire great people who have good instincts, and sometimes the research can get in the way of that. And that's like that in so many companies. We sometimes, uh, regardless, uh, do this. This was one of Steve Jobs's famous things. At, at Apple, they would research the snot out of stuff, and then he would still go with his gut. And the research informed his gut, but he went with his gut. Sometimes he disagreed with the direction the research said the company should go, and, and he batted a 1,000, it seemed like. Not really, but it seemed like he did. And in sports, we do this these days, too, with with uh, Moneyball and the statistics and baseball and football and all. You look at all the stats, you're like, ah, we got to go this way. This is what the data says. This is what the data says. There's nothing wrong with being data-driven. But the data itself should shape people's guts and instincts instead of directing uh, their guts and instincts. And, and sometimes you, you can take a chance. Now, I take this one personally. Because you would never put me on radio based on the research. And I'm just being honest with you. I was not a radio guy, barely a TV guy, no background in radio. And my station uh, went with with guts because there was no research project. And they put me on, uh, the very first person on this radio program in the, my flagship station in about 50 years who had not been already a radio person to get a nine, uh, five, nine a week job. Normally, uh, they would put someone like me on the weekend, which is what they wanted to do. And I said no. Uh, and they put me in five days a week. And you just, when you take the take the research and you don't allow people's guts to, to be involved with their instincts, you have all these people 
they have all this training, and, and this is, is I, I'm not talking radio here, I'm talking everything, every job position, every every bit of society. You have all of these people who they have accumulated wisdom and experience over time in their jobs, and when they are told you must use the statistics on the page versus your instincts and wisdom, I think more often than not these days, that's where a lot of us in society and in jobs start to get into trouble because sometimes you, you do find the diamond in the rough. And again, not always. Sometimes it blows up in your face. But here's this guy, Brock Purdy. 23 years old. He's coming out of college. He's 22. All of the data and all of the research said he would not be a great quarterback. And the very last pick in the NFL draft was this guy in San Francisco. The 49ers decided, no, he would not be a good quarterback. No, he would not be a good backup quarterback, but he just might be a great backup to the backup quarterback. And as luck would have it, as Providence would have it, as fortune would have it, their top quarterback got hurt. Their backup quarterback, who had been the top quarterback, got hurt. Now they're with the third string guy who's won 12 games in a row. And he got the opportunity to shine. All of that is to say sometimes letting the data trump the gut and instinct and wisdom of the people on the ground, uh, you miss out on the diamonds in the rough, who they're all there. They seem uncommon, but the only reason they seem uncommon is because we don't allow them to come forward because the data says they might not be good. I just it, it's food for thought, if nothing else. I'm just I'm interested in this. Now let's go to the phones here. Save me from myself, Lewis. You're going to be up first today. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. I wanted to ask you. Uh, I'm down here in Louisiana again, by the way. That's your hometown. Um, do you think the idea of the politicians that come up with the energy idea, like the electric cars and not advancing in energy, is just a lack of their education? <laughs> no, I, 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 I actually think that they've. I think they've been educated beyond their capacity to be educated. That um, they're they're too smart for their own britches. They they come up with these ideas and they they don't have lived experience. And this, honestly, uh, Lewis, I think this is my my great pet peeve in life is people who have a higher mind uh, and higher self-regard than they probably should. Uh, and so the they don't... That question, yeah, go ahead. The reason, ask, the reason I ask that question is because, well, I'm in Louisiana. I'm out down here in Roanoke, Louisiana, and this is a big uh, energy, oil and gas, and you name it. And I run into some pretty backwoods dudes. And they got more common sense and education than most of the people want to fix our energy sector. Yep, um, you're not wrong. Uh, so, let, let, you know, it's funny you should say this because I, I, I had a guy send me an email yesterday and, and said essentially, Mr. Erickson, I, I think you, you've, you've clearly had an upper middle class income and, and hang out with college educated types and sometimes you just lack sense and I all my friends, none of us have college degrees and we're so much smarter than you. Um, you know, what, what I found is that the, the guys who didn't go to college and are way smarter than college guys don't have to let everybody know they're smarter than the college guys. You just know it. Uh, and the ones who have to make sure everybody knows it have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, you're right, though. You listen to the guys there in South Louisiana who make their living doing this, who it's 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 not a living most people want to make. It's not quite being a coal miner. 
but getting oil out of the ocean during hurricane season in particular, it's not something a lot of people want to do, and yet they do it. And they can see the pros and the cons and the ins and the outs, and nobody in Washington wants to talk to these people. These Ivy League-educated statisticians in Washington, D.C., are absolutely uh, in it for some high-minded, glorious cause of serving the republic without any lick of common sense about them. And, and again, the, the, it goes back to this point. Um, I got this, I, this guy actually, he left a comment yesterday on my Substack where I was saying, you know, uh, given the, the insane people that Harmeet Dillon has surrounded herself with, while I agree with a lot of what she says, uh, and and would prefer her superficially, given what she's doing and surrounding the people she surrounds herself with. You got to go with Ronald McDaniel. It just makes sense. Uh, she's not a crazy person. Harmy Dillon isn't either, but she surrounded herself with the crazy people. And I got this. They're always they're as pretentious as the the Ivy League Karens. And it's Mr. Erickson, you surround yourself with college-educated people. You sound like you've always had an upper-middle-class background, which isn't true. I have many a friend who never went to college, and they do so much better than my college-educated friends. They are loaded with common sense, and they're far more successful. They're not saddled with students. Here, yes. I know many a person like that. I know many a person never went to college, has a great living, great family. And the thing is, they never have to brag about it. The guys who are the ones who tend to want you to know that I never went to college and I'm so much smarter than all these college guys, they tend to be the ones with the chips on their shoulder you don't want to listen to because they're actually not educated beyond their capacity. They're not educated to their capacity, but they believe that they are. And that's a very as dangerous as the arrogant college-educated people who don't have any common sense. And by the way, Lewis knows I'm not talking about him like that. And and he is referring to these other guys out there who clearly, I mean, they, they work in the oil fields. They know what they're doing. They know what works. They don't work. They didn't go to college. And because they don't have the credential, they're treated with disdain by a lot of people. These are the people you should be listening to. You want to solve the trucking problems in America with the with the, the 18-wheeler lack of supply and, and lack of ability to maintain the supply chains? Go talk to the truckers of America. They'll tell you about the regulatory nightmares they have to go over and, and deal with. They don't have college degrees, many of them. They're making a good living for themselves and their family, delivering your toilet paper to you in an 18-wheeler that deals with all sorts of terribly distracted drivers across America and a government bureaucracy that hates their guts because their 18-wheeler on electric talk to them but these aren't the guys that are out there telling you how smart they are because they didn't go to college the guys who are out there telling you how smart they are because they didn't go to college are the conspiracy theorists of america usually and the chips on their shoulder guys there takes a level of discernment i i do think though this gets to the other problem of credentialism in america there is this idea so that there's a there's a bitterness i think among some non-college educated blue-collar workers of america that the credentialists of the left if they don't have a, a a jd an md a phd after their name these people on the left don't want to listen to them 
which is obnoxious. The The idea that someone on the left with a credential is smarter than the electrician who actually wires your house and knows how not to kill himself doing it is a pretty absurd thing, but that's where the left is headed. The corollary, however, is that there are a lot of people, blue-collar workers in America today, who think that because they don't have a college degree, they are somehow smarter than the guy who does. Some of them absolutely are. A lot of it with lived experience. But what we've done as a society is all of us have decided we're just going to group everybody together in groups and give up on actually the discernment to decide who's actually the person worth listening to. Oh, they have a PhD. I'm not listening to that guy. What? This guy never got past third grade. He must have the most common sense. Doesn't work that way. At the same time, people on the left with their multiple degrees who don't want to listen to anyone who doesn't have a multiple degree, not only are they missing out, They're setting public policy in many cases devoid of any knowledge of how that public policy is actually going to impact people on a daily basis. Now, let me tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. We can clear the air with this one because that's what it does. It clears the air, wipes out bad odors. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. EdenPureDeals.com. If you put in the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, you can get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You get them like $197, I think. Uh, one of them usually costs, I mean, the three of them together cost about that. So you're you're getting a great deal on this. And you get free shipping. And you get three of them for upstairs, for downstairs, for your basement, your RV, your travel bag. I keep mine in my suitcase when I travel. Why? Because if I get a rental car and someone's been smoking in it, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes out smoke odors. You can plug it into the wall directly or with a USB cord in your car. You can wipe out litter box odors, pet odors, cooking odors, musty odors, smoke odors, you name it. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, ERIC3. You should text DATA to 33777 and subscribe to the email. You get my stack of stuff. If you're a paid subscriber, you get the stack of stuff. Comes out as the show starts, all the stuff I'm talking about. So you have the links. I, I really, I abhor the idea that I should think for you. I want to give you all the information possible so that you can make up your own mind. Uh, And so I give you all the links and the like. The Paul Pelosi attack video is out. I don't want to spend a long time on it. But I want to say this. There are a lot of people who concocted conspiracy theories about it that this video should debunk, but won't because people would prefer to believe their initial assumptions than take new data and change their mind. The video of the attack on Paul Pelosi is terrible. The police responded immediately and properly, but in a split second, the perp wound up and hit Paul Pelosi with the hammer on his head so hard, Paul Pelosi's on the ground and out. It's amazing he survived. It's horrendous. That's my friend Mark Levin. That's his tweet. There are a lot of conservatives, a lot of lot of people on the right. I shouldn't say conservatives, just people on the right who concocted all sorts of crazy conspiracy theories about what it was and what happened, and it was all a distraction from the election or to, to paint Republicans bad or, or somehow to do something uh, the video shows this man smashing a window to get inside the Pelosi home. Yes, it shows Paul Pelosi apparently calmly with a drink in his hand coming to the door to answer the police. Uh, and then it shows the man grabbing the hammer very quickly, winding up and smashing in Paul Pelosi's skull. 
He is the victim. He was always the victim. And I just have never seen a reason to concoct crazy conspiracy theories when an elderly man was attacked by a crazy man in San Francisco just because of who his wife is. Now, the phone number, 877-973-7425. I just... I we are so prone. I'll take your phone calls when we come back. I just we're 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 all of us. I think really prone to conspiratorial thinking these days. I have a theory about this. I suspect, and I'm just I, I'm it's me talking off the top of my head. This is not something I was going to talk about. Uh, I was going to talk about people being very angry with Brett Kavanaugh for saying Supreme Court members are getting along, but I will get there. But just off the top of my head, the information flow that we have today is so much more than at any time in human history. We have never as a society been able to process as much data as we can consume right now, and we're having trouble processing it. And so people are concocting conspiracy theories to try to rationalize a lot of data, which often seems too coincidental or uh, too good to be true. There are also a lot of people, what is it, the Dunning-Kruger effect, where you have tangible bits of knowledge and therefore are convinced that you have greater knowledge of things than you actually do. And so you you get over your skis when it comes to interpreting things. And, I mean, look, I, I've got friends of mine who get whipped into a frenzy every time Joe Rogan has somebody on his show who purports to be an expert about to- a topic, whether or not they actually are. But you give somebody two hours to listen to someone who sounds like an expert, whether or not they are, and and you can get whipped into a frenzy. And nobody wants to do the research for themselves, and the research they do tends to just affirm their priors. People don't uh, have the habit of going out and finding the information that might disagree with their priors. As a result, all of us, and I say all of us, myself included, got to be careful with this. Try to find ways to explain the world that sometimes are not so and very often stumble into conspiracy theories that we create in the fabric of our mind to explain the way the world works. We're creating our own mythologies in real time, including with what happened to Paul Pelosi right before the election. Now, when we come back, we do have to pivot to the border. <laughs> 